uh, we've been here in the auditorium, we've been going through this series on living the authentic Christian life, and uh, I've been enjoying this study on the book of James and really just trying to help me uh, personally to just make sure that I'm living a life that's pleasing to the Lord, that I'm, I'm uh, getting along with others. <clears throat> and I've mentioned it just about every week that what this world needs is it needs authentic Christians, real Christians. And there's a lot of people who say they are Christians, but listen, folks, you cannot be a Christian unless there's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it has to be that way without a relationship with the Lord Jesus said, you must be born again. And I hope that there's been a time in your life that you have trusted Christ as your Savior. And so today we have just one verse in chapter number two. And from that one verse is our lesson today. And I've entitled the lesson today, An Authentic Friendship. An Authentic Friendship. And hopefully you'll see this this morning. So in chapter two, James chapter two, verse 23, the Bible says... And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called, what does the Bible say? The friend of God. That's a pretty good compliment there, is it not? He was called the friend of God. I hope that can be said of all of us. But, you know, I, I'm thankful in my life. God's given me some wonderful friends over the years and uh, very dear people in my life. And I, it's, it's good to have friends, but they, they say on the average that you, you know, the, the amount of friends that a person has, you can count them on one hand. Now, we're talking real friends. There's a lot of people who say, well, I'm your friend, you know. A lot of politicians, they kind of play that card. Uh, you know, I'll be your friend if you vote for me or something along those lines. But I'm glad for friends. It's important that we have friends. And I hope that you're friends, uh, a friend to someone else. Because look here, the Bible says that we must show ourselves friendly, right? A lot of times I hear people say, well, I just don't have any friends. Well, really, you can change that. The Bible says you need to show yourself friendly, all right? Now, it, look here, it's one thing to be friends with others. Here's the question this morning, are you a friend of God? Because according to the scripture, it says this was fulfilled, that Abraham believed God and he was called the friend of God. You know, every believer in Christ can become a friend of God. Every one of us can become a friend of God. And, and when you think about this, Jesus in John 15, and we'll look at some of that today, but he made a lot out of this matter of friendship and, and being a friend of God. And he did this, especially in that time that he spent with his disciples as he was with them before he went to the cross and understand that he talked to them about being a friend of God. We need to understand that, that friendship is a gift from God. I'm glad to know what friendship really is. And it's interesting when you look at the verse here today, it says, look at it again. The scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. What is James doing here? He's giving the record, God's record of Abraham and the friendship, this, 
this fellowship that he had with God. Now, along with Abraham, the Bible mentions in this passage here a lady by the name of Rahab. And it's interesting when you look, and the Bible mentions Rahab and Abraham, that he uses them to illustrate the true life of, of this matter of having faith in God. Uh, I've talked about how James is a great book because here's what it does. It deals with uh, our beliefs, but it also deals with our behavior. Now listen this morning, because all of us, it's important that we know what we believe. And as somebody said, our beliefs determine our behavior. Oftentimes, because of what we believe, it will help us to act a certain way, to behave a certain way. And this is what James is hitting on this morning. If we speak to others about what we believe, our faith, in other words, like Abraham have, if we talk to them about our beliefs, but we don't follow up what we're saying with our behavior, then really that's kind of evidence to those we're talking to that there's probably something wrong with our beliefs. Are you with me this morning? In other words, look, folks, you can tell people you work with and you can tell your family members that aren't saved that you're a Christian and you can talk about what you believe, but if you act a totally different way, they're going to kind of go, wait a minute, something doesn't match here. Something doesn't line up. And it's important that we understand that people are watching our lives and they're watching if we have faith in God. And, you know, it's interesting that, again, God, this is God's word, that God brings this woman, Rahab, into this passage about uh, the evidence of faith in her life. And, you know, the Bible identifies her, no doubt it calls her Rahab the harlot. But she was a woman that had great faith in God. I won't take the time to, to go back in the Old Testament this morning, but remember when the spies came into the land and they came in to see what was going on and this woman was the one who put her life on the line to hide those spies. She could have been killed because she went against, because they were looking for these individuals, but she had faith in God and she found those messengers and she hid them safely. Look, her actions demonstrated her faith. And that's what I'm talking about. Our beliefs determine our behavior. A lot of times people say, you know, listen, I love God and I love God's word. But a lot of times I look around and, I, and again, it's not me, but I don't see them in the house of God. And look, folks, again, our beliefs determine our behavior. Uh, if somebody says, I love God, then according to the word of God, Jesus says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciple, that you have love one for another. I see Christians who, who honestly can't get along with other people. And according to the word of God, Jesus said that if you can't love others, then, then the love of God is not in you. We need to see this this morning. Just like Rahab, our actions need to be something that demonstrates great faith. And when you look in the Old Testament, not only do you see Rahab, but like it's mentioned here in James chapter 2, you see this, this matter of the life of Abraham. Look in Genesis 15, 6 there in your notes. Here's another reference to him. The Bible says, He believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, the New Testament there in James chapter 2 uses the word imputed. Here we see the word counted. These are all 
uh, terms, that they're actually uh, terms used to describe this matter of how because of his faith, it's interesting when you look at Abraham's life, 40 years later, Abraham would be asked of God to offer up his son there on Mount Moriah. Now, what a, what a test of his faith. And it, interesting, when you study that passage, before he gave that offering, the Bible says he believed God. Now, did he understand it all? Let me ask you this. How many of you, when you got saved, understood everything about God or Christianity? Anybody? But you just believed God, right? You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I don't know why you guys do that, and I'll, I'll show them in the Word of God, and they'll say, well, that's what, that's what the Bible says, but I don't believe that, and then they look at me, and I'll say, I believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and because God's Word says it, whether I understand it or not, I still believe it, because it's God's Word. You with me this morning? See, see, I understand this morning that Abraham didn't understand everything. I mean, God told him to take his son and to offer him up, and the Bible says he, he didn't doubt. He just believed God. The Bible says in the book of Romans, he staggered not at the promise of God. And it's important that whether we understand it or not, it just like in Abraham's life, this is important, Abraham's works proved his faith in God. The faith that he had, the things that he did just validated, just proved that he had faith in God. I like this little saying, I think I put it in your notes there. Somebody said, law said, if you do these things, you shall live. Grace said, if you live, you shall do these things. Do you see the difference? Because understand this morning, a lot of people are trying to live according to the law. They're trying to do this and do this and do this. And watch this, and hope that they're saved. See, people who are saved understand, as it says here, that grace says, if you live. The Bible says we have a new life in Christ. We're alive because of what the Lord's done for us, because we've believed God. And the Bible says that if we live, if we're alive in Christ, look here, it's nothing for us to do the things that we do. Why? Because of what he's done for us. So very important that we see this. See, Abraham, and you and I need to be the same way. Abraham had the right order. And here was his order. He, was, he had a life in Christ, and because of his relationship with the Lord, he did the things that he did. So again, his works proved his faith in God. Christians do what they do because of what Christ has done for them. Remember what Paul wrote under the inspiration? He said, the love of Christ constraineth me. You know, my wife sometimes, she's like, I don't know how you get up early in the morning. Because, because I, to me, it's another day to serve the Lord. It's another day to do something for Him because He's done so much for me. Now, I'm not doing those things to be saved because I'm already saved because I put my faith and trust in Christ. But again, our works prove the faith that we have in God. We should demonstrate our faith by the way we live. And here's how we should live. And this is what he says in verse 23. You, know, you want to know how you should live today? You should live as a friend of God. Just be a friend of God. 
God's looking for you to be his friend today. It's one thing, again, to say that you're a Christian, but it's another to live that way. Remember what Jesus said about those that, that, that were not saved? He says, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. He says, even the devils, right? Even the devils profess that. The, the word devils there is actually plural. It deals with demons. And he says, even the devils believe and tremble. But listen this morning, it's more than professing that you believe that there is a God. Look at verse 20 in chapter number 2. Look at what it says here. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without what? Works is dead. Now, a lot of people take this and they want to twist it around because what they're trying to do is justify a life, a system of working. We all know that Jesus, when he died on the cross, Jesus paid it all, right? He said, it is finished. You don't have to add anything to what I already did. Listen, if we had to add something to what Jesus did, then, then again, salvation's plan would not be complete. And what Jesus did on the cross would not have been enough. And how many of you know that only the Lamb of God could take away the sins of the world, right? Your sins and mine. But when we look at this verse, verse 20, it says, If we say that we have faith, and then we don't demonstrate that faith by our works, then the Bible says that our faith is dead. There needs to be a demonstration. Look at verse 23 of this same chapter again. He says here, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him. It was placed on his account and he was called the friend of God. So we understand this morning, salvation is a gift from God. Would all of you agree with that this morning? Look, we don't deserve forgiveness, do we not? What we deserve is hell. But God in his goodness and God in his grace gives us forgiveness and God has declared that we are forgiven. Now, you know what that means? If I can put it back into that term that he uses, the word imputed, here's what it means. God has fixed the books. That's what it means. You know, it's, it's an accounting term. Uh, you know, God has made everything right. Only God can do that. Okay, it was imputed unto him. Why was it imputed unto Abraham? Because here, here it is. I hope you didn't miss it. He believed God. And that's why God set the record straight about his life. See, when a person comes to Christ, God puts on their ledger account, and here's what, if I could paraphrase it, but you can find this in the Word of God, God would write this next to Brother Carl's name. He is justified. His, listen, his record no longer reads, I'm a debtor, a sinner, hell-deserving, because of the blood of Jesus Christ that's been applied to Brother Carl's account. So think about that this morning, because the record is clear. It's just like saying about Brother Carl, or if you're saved this morning, it's just as if he had never even been a sinner. That's what the Word of God tells us this morning. And the Bible says it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Why? Because he believed God. And here's the great thing about it is that he was called a friend of God. So notice three aspects this morning as James is trying to help us understand this matter of just a genuine friendship. Notice, first of all, that, that God calls all of us to friendship. He calls all of us to friendship. Verse 22, it says, Seest thou how faith wrought with, this works, uh, with, uh, with his works, and by his works was, wrought, was his faith made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, 
Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. Now, look, that's not me. That's not Bible Baptist Church choosing that title. God chose that title. God's the one that called Abraham a friend of God. I love that thought there. Look at 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 7. Art thou, art not thou our God? Why didst drive, uh, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it, that land, to the seed of Abraham thy what? Thy friend. The Bible calls Abraham the friend of God in 2 Chronicles 27. How about Isaiah the prophet? Thou, Israel, art my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Even Isaiah the prophet many years later. See, every Christian should be called the friend of God, not just Abraham. Every one of us need to be. It's a wonderful thing if God would say of you and God would say of me, that he is my friend, she is my friend, we need to be a friend of God, and we need to be that way. When God called Abraham, remember back in Genesis 12, he called him out of the Ur of the Chaldees? And when God called Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees, listen, he didn't really understand where God wanted him to go. He just knew that God was calling him. Now, here's the interesting thing. Remember, listen to me, don't miss this is it wasn't necessarily to a place that God was calling him. It was to a person. What he was calling Abraham to do was he was calling him out of the life that he had been living, and he was calling, listen now, he was calling Abraham unto himself. And that's exactly what God wants to do in your life. God says, look, I know you have a life. I know you have things going on, but you need to understand more than all those things, you need me in your life. And that's what made Abraham a special person because he was a friend of God. You can't be somebody's friend if you don't spend time with them. You can't be somebody's friend if you don't get to know them. And it's very important that we see this morning that, listen, God called Abraham to friendship. He called Abraham to himself. And that's exactly what God wants to do in your life and mine is, God wants us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This morning, what you need to do, look, is you just need to determine in your life I'm going to spend more time with him than I've ever spent before. I want to be a friend of God. And that's what we see in this passage this morning, that, that God called him unto himself. And when God calls us, it's important that we see this. Uh, just like Jesus, look in Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, how Jesus ordained 12. And look at this statement here, that they should be with him. You know what, you go to the book of Acts, and here's what you find is Peter and John in the book of Acts in the first century after Jesus had ascended to be with the Father, and the Bible is talking about how that, how that they thought that Peter and John were ignorant, unlearned, and ignorant men, and they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. That's what made them different. When I met my wife years ago, there was just something about her I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my, I wasn't saved at the time, 
But the, the difference was is that she had been with the Lord. She had a relationship with God. It was something I didn't have in my life. And what this world needs is genuine Christians that have a genuine friendship with God. Be a friend of God. God calls all of us. See, the closer we are to Him, the more we love what He loves and the more we want to do what He wants us to do. So we see that God calls all to friendship, but notice, secondly, He calls all to fellowship. God calls all of us to fellowship. Uh, you know, there, there are many that have been blessed with, by the time that, that they, they have spent with God. And I, I see a lot of times, uh, my wife talked about the, the fun time that they had yesterday with the ladies. And she's like, man, those ladies just had a great time. You know, one, one of the ladies told me, they said, you, you know, Ms. Keeley had to keep saying, ladies, ladies, they were having such a good time. She, she had to kind of calm them down so that they could do some stuff. They were just enjoying fellowship. Folks, listen, it's great to have fellowship with each other, but we need to have fellowship with God. It's important. I, I've said this for years, and I've used as, as the text of this thought in my life is 1 John chapter uh, number 1 the Bible says that our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus. It, listen to me. Listen, if whatever you're doing, wherever you are, with whoever you're with, if God would not feel comfortable or welcome to be there with you, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Because our fellowship, we're Christians, and God's called us to a fellowship with one another. What is fellowship? It's time with God. And the more time you spend with God, guess what it's going to do? It's drastically going to change you. Look what the Bible says in 1 John 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, that, that which we have seen and heard, which we declare unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and these things write we unto you. Why is he telling people this? Why is John encouraging people to spend time? He says that your joy might be full. He says, listen, that's what brings joy into my life. It's spending time with the Lord. I, I, I know I, I, I'm probably a little bit different, but when I start reading the book of Genesis, there's a lot of things right there at the beginning of our Bible in the first book. But I, I just have never really wrap my mind around the fact that God created Adam and then from the Adam he created the woman brought the woman unto the man and of course you know you think about it the Bible records that God came down in the cool of the day to walk with man in the garden that means God every day the God of this universe the creator of this world wanted to spend time with that which he created. That's you. God wants to spend time with you. Does that amaze you the way it amazes me? I mean, I think about how, in how many, how many days of our lives we go through and we don't spend any time with him. Now, you could, you could say, hey, I'm a Christian. I've got a Bible. Sometimes we even read our Bible, but we don't really spend time fellowshipping with him you know and i think that's one of the things of life is we really have to guard because we get so busy don't we and look honestly a lot of it's not bad things you know 
you don't, the Bible says if you don't work, you, don't, you shouldn't eat. You know? For us men, we're, we're to provide for our home and so on. There's things that we do, but it's important that we fellowship and that God calls us all to fellowship. Uh, you know, how do people who are not in agreement with God have their lives changed so that they can enjoy fellowship with the Lord? Well, look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. What a list, huh? Uh, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You, you look at that list of people, what can change people in that list? It's all the same thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. Only the blood of Jesus could change anyone caught up in any of those lifestyles. But I love verse number 11. Look at this. And such were some of you. Here's what happens. We get saved and we get down the road in our Christian life. And now we're wearing a suit and we're a preacher in a Baptist church. And boy, we're looking down at people going, look at that. Look how they are, you know. And we forget, but the Bible always reminds me, hey, and such were some of you. Uh, you need to put your name back in that list right there and understand it's by the grace of God you are where you are today. You know, and now, now think about this. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, I'm, I'm sure glad that the Lord didn't say, hey, listen, when you get your act together, then I'll spend time with you. No, the Bible says, such were some of you, love the verse here, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified, and here's the key, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know, what, a, what a wonderful thing. You look, I, I'm sure if you're like me, you saw your old life, your old man, your old self, but look here, just like Abraham, you know what happened? Somewhere in your life, you may not remember the day, the hour, the place, somewhere in your life, you believed God. You had faith in God. You began a relationship with God. And so as we think about this, God has made himself known to us. Well, how does he do that? Through his son, Jesus. Look what the Bible says in John 15. These things Jesus said, have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now, where is the joy of the Lord promised? Where do we find the joy of the Lord? Here it is. We find it in fellowship with the Lord. Uh, listen, folks, you, you can't spend time with God, come away feeling like, uh, you know, life's against you. Uh, your burdens are lifted at Calvary, right? You spend time with the Lord and your joy will be restored. That's the problem with most Christians is they've lost their joy. You know, and, and what God says is, you listen, if you're feeling like your joy meter's on empty, then you need to just come spend some time with me. Why don't you just be my friend? That's what he's saying. You see, he calls us to friendship, calls us to fellowship. Look at number three. He calls all to workmanship. Calls all to workmanship. Uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast, for we are 
His workmanship. Everybody see that? If you haven't underlined that in your Bible, you should. You should highlight it and draw a circle around that. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Well, this is what James is talking about. We are saved, we're created unto good works. Remember I told you our beliefs determine our what? Behavior. So the Bible says we're, we are His workmanship. Look, you and I, we can't save ourselves. You can't justify yourself. But once we are saved, according to the Word of God, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And the Bible says, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So again, what's he, what's he getting at? He's talking about the fact that we should demonstrate in our lives what God's done in our hearts, that we work for Him. The songwriter years ago wrote, we'll work till Jesus comes. Jesus said, occupy till I come. There's a work for all of us to do. And we need to understand that we are His workmanship. He's called us all to this matter of being His workmanship, that we are created in Christ Jesus, but unto good works. Listen, give of your best to the Master. He deserves our best, doesn't He? You know, so we should, we should want to do what we do for the Lord. Now, one of the guys I love to study, I won't go into detail, maybe you've looked and read it yourself, but remember when they had the tabernacle in the Old Testament, and when they left Egypt's land, they didn't have anything. Matter of fact, when they left, God let them spoil the Egyptians. It's amazing how much they ended up taking with them out of Egypt's land. And when they got out there, God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Remember, he gave them the specifications for the tabernacle and for all the pieces of furniture. Well, guess what? Someone had to actually build all that stuff. And there's a man in the, in the Bible by the name of Bezalel. I've never met anybody that, that when they had a kid named their son Bezalel. But this man in the Bible, and Bezalel was a man that was very gifted at making things. My wife said that when the ladies came over yesterday, they were amazed and they couldn't believe that pastor did some of the work on his house. And, and I said to my wife, is it, is it that bad? Do I look like I wear a suit all the time or something, you know? And, and so, I, you know, I like working with my hands. And that's the way this Bezalel was. And listen, folks, he did everything he did. He did it to the very specifications that God gave to him. And he built all those pieces of furniture. He made them exactly the way that, it, you know, God gave him the wisdom to work with metal and with wood and with stone. And look, when the Holy Spirit, when God begins to work in our lives, the Lord desires to demonstrate through your life and mine his grace, what God's been doing it through our lives. And he does it in our lives to where we can display his workmanship. I mean, no doubt when people saw those pieces of furniture, they probably thought, oh, those are beautiful. Who made those? And, you know, I wasn't there. The Bible doesn't record. But if I know anything from reading the Word of God about this man, I would have to think that Bezalel probably said, to God be the glory. I just made it the way God wanted me to make it. I just want to be a friend of God. I want to do things God's way. You know, and the only way that Bezalel would have known how to do that is he had to have fellowship with God. He had to spend time with the Lord. So when I, when I look in this passage and I think about how that it was counted unto him for righteousness, 
that he believed God. Watch this. Here's the key to the whole passage this morning. It's all about obedience. I hope you caught that. It's about living a life of obedience to God. Rahab, what did she do? She believed God. She did what she did because of her faith. Abraham believed God. And Abraham's faith led him to his friendship with God. And that's the same thing about you and me, is that our faith in God should lead us to a friendship with the Lord. Remember I mentioned Jesus kind of laid this out with his disciples in John 15. Let me show you a little principle here in these couple verses here. I want you to see this because he met with his disciples right before his death, before he went to Calvary. And look what the Bible says in John 15 and verse 13. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this. Here it is. That a man lay down his life for who? For his friend. He says, you want to demonstrate your love. He says, here's how you do it. That you lay down your, now write the word down there. This is compassion. That's compassion. You know, he says, you know, that's love in action. But then in verse 14, he continues with the thought. Look what he says. Ye are my friends. But then notice the little conditional word. See the word if? He says, you're my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Now that's where a lot of people struggle in the Christian life because they're like, wait a minute, Lord. You know, that's why I know most people don't want to be a missionary because they're afraid God's going to send them to Africa, right? And the Lord says, you're my friend if you'll do. See, in other words, there should, we shouldn't put any conditions on God. If he saved us, guess what? We have a home in heaven. And whatever it is that he asks us to do, we should be willing to do it. So write the word down. Here's the word. This is confidence. Confidence. Because we have, like Rahab, we have, like Abraham, we have faith in him. We're willing to do whatever he asks us to do. We're putting our confidence in, here it is, a friend. Jesus is a friend. He's a friend of sinners, right? He's our friend. He's your friend today. And then look at verse 15, because he continues, henceforth, from this point on, he says, if you're willing to lay your life down for your friends, and if you're willing to do whatever I ask you to do, command you to do, he says, henceforth, I shall call you, uh, he says, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. I have called you what? Friends. So here's, here's the principle. He says, if you're willing to lay your life down, have love and compassion. And if you're willing to do whatever I command you to do, have faith. He says, then I'm going to call you my friend. He says, for all things have I heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Write the word down. Here it is. That's companionship. That's companionship. And all of us need to have compassion. We need to have confidence in God we need to have companionship or fellowship with the Lord. You know what God's giving us? He's giving you and me an opportunity. See, even Sunday school is an opportunity to come and hear the Word of God, but God's given us an opportunity to be His friend. How many of you say, I'd like to be a friend of God? You know, Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if God said about you, as He said about Abraham, he or she is my friend. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for 
the privilege and opportunity that we have to be your friend. And Lord, we know that comes from having faith in you, confidence in you, and spending time with you. And we are thankful that, God, you have saved us and we are your workmanship, that our lives, our beliefs should determine our behavior. Thank you for the encouragement from the Word of God this morning. Lord, restore the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.